0: You know, sometimes we all take life for granted until one incident changes life forever. This is exactly what happened to our guest, Boski Mukherjee. She shares her candid story and eloquently calls out some of the sensitive topics that plague today's workplaces. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back once again to Gritty Serendipity. And you are listening to the Entrepreneur Series, and I'm your host, Chetna Desai. Please welcome Boski Mukherjee, and let's hear her story.
1: Hi, Chetna. Really, really lovely uh, to be here. Um, So my story, who am I? I'm a mom uh, to a six and a half year old, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful little son um I never introduced myself before this way I would always kind of go with what's my role and what have I done or not done but there were a few things happened a couple years ago that I think helped me change the perspective and and kind of make it real because at the end of the day I am a mom I'm a wife uh I'm a mom to a to a one-year-old labradoodle dog as well so yeah I'm a mom I am in Vancouver um uh, I am a perfectionist or try to be one, uh, when I, um, when I, when I'm emotionally involved, yes, I try to be perfectionist. When my rational brain kicks in, I try to be pragmatic. Um, I have tons of things where I've failed. I've had a few successes. I've lived and worked in six different countries. uh, grew up in India, um, and presently in in Vancouver, um, I started my two businesses uh, in 2019. Um, I had PTSD, severe case of PTSD, I didn't realize it, extreme case of burnout uh, to the point where uh, my life was uh, really threatened. Um, and that forced me to change a lot of things personally and professionally just 2019 in 2019. And yeah, I'm just a regular person. I don't think I've done a whole lot of things. I'm still learning, and I'm trying to just stay sane as a mom and as a person who's trying to kind of, I think, do some things impactful in the society. So professionally, um, I am the founder of PM Dojo. Uh, It's a small budding community, exclusive community for people who are looking to break into tech. And I started this last year, um, and for me, it it came down to breaking down quite a few different mindsets. We all know uh, tech. There is an inclusivity and diversity problem in tech. We all know that. But for me, when I think about the word inclusiveness or diversity, it goes beyond you know the racial and the gender bias that exists especially in tech. For me, it goes down deeper to things like age. It goes down to deeper like where we live, where we might not have all of the opportunities available. People who might be living not in those major cities and cannot access a lot of those opportunities in tech that are more available to, let's say, people who are in these major cities and towns. So um, I started PM Dojo with a mission to make careers in tech more inclusive, accessible, make sure people were aware of the different options. A lot of folks would talk to me, uh, even though they were working in tech companies, but let's say not in development roles to say, am I in tech? Uh, So people from marketing, people from customer success. And I'm like, yes, you are in tech because you're working in tech. And there was this big blocker that I had to be a developer or I have to like video games to be working in tech. Oh, I just had a baby. Uh, I think I'll have to change my sector because I can't work in tech. And I wanted to kind of help solve that. So that's how I started PM Dojo last year in August or in May. (laughs) And one way to do that was to actually run a 10-week apprenticeship style program for those people specifically looking to break into product. So I wanted to kind of really challenge how people were learning today, all theory and not practical. And for roles like product management or designers, you have to really kind of know how to do it and play the role before in order to get that job. Um, And so, yeah, I run that apprenticeship style program and I'm starting my third cohort in March. So all exciting. That's what I do professionally. And I'm also the founder of Spark to Substance, which is a venue where I get to work as an advisor or an interim uh, executive with growth stage companies to help in product and all things messy and growth and people and process and all of that.
0: That, my friends, don't you agree, is an inspiring story. Bosky being her usual modest self. Next, I asked her about the incident that made her quit her executive role to start her own venture.
1: I was chasing. Uh, I was chasing career, career growth. Uh, I was the president in my last company all the way to the top. Uh, and no, it didn't make me happy. It actually made me extremely hollow, completely deprived of Anything that I had to give, I, I wasn't able to give, not even to my son. And there were a few things that my little guy, who was four then, asked me one day. I still remember February. It was probably the 10th or the 11th. It was just one week before Valentine's Day, which I was not even thinking about. I was not even thinking about my husband's birthday, which was a month later. So I had become that person. Uh, and he asked me, my son, for... Just barely at four, and he said, "Mom, um, have you started loving me less now because I have uh, the scar in my chest?" So you know, my son has had three open heart surgeries since he was born, and he internalized everything that was happening to me, how I was behaving, how was how I was acting, what I was doing, and he internalized all of those onto him, and somehow the fact that his scar was responsible for me not. Showing my love and affection to him, and 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 I think that was for me that that turning point in life, where I started questioning a lot of things. It didn't happen overnight. I of course went into a denial mode and all of those things, but it was very quick to, you know, for me to start questioning what I had become, and I was horrified and shameful and guilty and all of those things. As a mom, I think we anyway have all of those by default. For me, it just went into this a completely different way. And um, and then I realized, you know, that yes, money is important. We had saved a bit. Uh, my husband has been really supportive, uh, thankfully. and uh, And I realized that, yes, it, I may not have all of the money and I may not even make half of what I was making before. But for me, if I'm able to make an impact and still pursue things that I'm passionate about, money might come and it may not come. But I think that's what started. For me, I think doing something bigger than myself while I'm still really passionate about this field is so much more important than, uh, than actually making the money.
0: We are all guilty of being on the move constantly without pausing or taking the time to reflect and observe our present. This led me to ask, what does her typical day looks like post starting PM Dojo?
1: In the present, uh, it doesn't. It looks very hectic. It looks very hectic. Uh, so I wake up. Uh, I I don't wake up very early, uh, like my husband. So my husband wakes up at five. You know, we both both my husband and I got extremely motivated by Robin Sharma recently. uh, And I actually got him to watch that. Uh, You know, there were a lot of things that he said and that just kind of just touched touched me personally. Um, And so my husband has become the 5 a.m. club thing he's joined. I I bought all of our diaries and everything to write. I've been having a hard time to join. But no, so I wake up roughly around like 6.30 or so. And as soon as I wake up, it's a little bit of a cuddle time with our dog. Um, and then it's immediately, you know, just freshening up a little bit, but immediately getting into the zone of making breakfast and lunch for my little guy. Uh, so I get into that uh, and then wake wake my son up after I'm roughly done because uh, I do like to spend a little bit of 5-10 minutes with him while I'm not in the kitchen. So just kind of helping him get into the right mood, I guess. Um, I don't know why I do that, but I've seen that when I actually spend a few minutes with him while I'm not doing something else, there are just fewer meltdowns. And then it's just like bang, 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 getting ready for school. I do drop off. My husband does pick up. Um, And I wish I could start early work-wise, but I only get to start roughly around 10 o'clock. That is the beauty of doing my own work versus actually working in an organization because before we used to have a nanny pre-COVID and now we don't have childcare, So that's been a big difference. So yes, I do the drop off. We get some time to chit chat, uh, you know, with my six and a half year old, finally managed to inspire him to become a product manager too. He wanted to be a garbage man until two years ago, uh, two two days, two weeks ago, sorry. Uh, support my husband and I are in products. I think we've done great, inspiring our six and a half year old also to join the bandwagon. And yeah, I come home and then it's, uh, you know, conversations, it's meeting with the mentors in the community, trying to kind of help them or it is... Jumping in straight into the accelerator conversations, I do quite a bit of mentorship and coaching as well as part of PM Dojo. It could be meeting with uh, potential clients uh, for Spark to Substance that I'm working with, planning a workshop. Uh, It's a lot of just mishmash. I don't think there is any one day that's the same. My husband gets uh, lunch ready uh, or warms the lunch if there's anything frozen in the refrigerator. And then we try to get a little bit of a walk, just maybe even 10, 15 minutes with our dog together. If, if if we are fortunate to do that, otherwise one of us takes the dog. And then we're back at work. And around three o'clock, I do take a little break to get snacks ready for my son, who's going to be returning from his school. So my husband goes to pick him up, I get all of his snacks ready. And When rarely, I wish there were more days, but rarely, there might be instances where I try to wrap up at least a little bit of my work for maybe a couple of hours so that I can spend some time with my son. But most days, it's very difficult. I'm actually having a workshop of the accelerator or something going on that I have to host. And so, yeah, I try to keep my son busy with books. And around 6.30 or so, I try to wrap up. It's uh, dinner time, and then it's bath time, book time, mommy time, and then after everyone sleeps, I start working in the night after midnight, (laughs) Uh, and then the routine continues. Uh, But on weekends uh, or holidays, my son and I, we try to cook uh, breakfast together, so that's kind of different, but that's really what it is, you know, they think... I think the days are very different. Before, it was very different when we had our nanny. I think before I became a mom, our days would be very different doing kind of similar work. I think it was all about me or my husband or time together, movies and all. Uh, it's changed now.
0: And finally, here is her parting advice to you all.
1: There is this one thing that I, I I do talk with a lot of people, and that's around imposter syndrome, right? I think it's a very hot topic uh, these days. And my take is a little bit different, perhaps. I, I just feel that everyone has imposter syndrome, but I also think that imposter syndrome has been packaged up in a very nice, in a, from a marketing standpoint, right? <laughs> uh, but at the end, the fundamental, fundamentally, imposter syndrome is a very natural human feeling at the end of the day. And I think this is where my rational brain kicks in. You know, I I suffer from it. Uh, I'm obviously completely out of depth a lot of times in my day-to-day, whether as a mom, a first-time mom, only kid, I don't have any place to compare. If I compare or try to compare, which is also only human, it doesn't help anyone, right? Uh, It makes me feel really bad. Uh, But I do. Uh, or imposter syndrome just from the work standpoint. So there's tons, but I think for me, I have started when my rational brain kicks in to tell myself that it is a very, very human feeling. And it is just a feeling of being out of depth or feeling like when I might not have all of the answers, which is also human, uh, or feeling a little bit of lack of confidence when there is a new situation. Now, lack of confidence is equal to imposter syndrome really. But imposter syndrome or this, this this feeling of that doubt that comes in is so essential because it helps us with that checklist or that switch to to prevent us from becoming these really cocky, overconfident jerks. And for me, I think I need imposter syndrome. And I think people need this imposter syndrome to get that personal reality check from crossing over that line and really becoming jerks. Because if we didn't have this, we would all be so overconfident that we would lose that empathy for each other to even want to help each other, right? So I think for me, I've started to learn or at least tell myself when I get these feelings or when I'm working with my clients or people that I mentor, when these conversations about imposter syndrome comes, that it is not something that we need to solve or overcome. I think we need to embrace it to ask ourselves what is the other thing that we need to learn, right? It's that growth mindset. So that is that one. I don't know if it resonated with or is going to resonate with the audience or not, but for me, that is uh, very fundamental. Um, the, the second thing that I think an advice would be a lot of people, and I made this mistake too, and I see a lot of people make this mistake um, at various points in their career, whether it's early stage or mid-stage, is uh, workaholism <laughs> or this hustle culture. And I think, again, uh, I've, I've over the years, and of course, after becoming a mom, I, I, I had to change a lot of ways how I was thinking. And the reframing or the need to reframe situations, conversations, context has become really important. And again, this is when my rational brain kicks in because when I'm emotional, it, it it doesn't. So I usually have to kind of take some time to process it before I react. Uh, which some days it does work, and some days I just overreact. I think right now people um, consider hustling hustle as constantly being on the move, or you know you have to kind of never switch off. You should not be switching off because that's what society expects us to be hustling to be constantly on the go. And the way I have learned uh, hustling actually means being resourceful or being very creative at actually solving a problem and solving it in a way that perhaps uh, might not be obvious, might not be what the status quo way of solving it would be. Um, And for me, that is that hustle or growth mindset. And I had to tell that and teach that to myself a lot of times. Um, over the last couple of years that hustle is a not meaning that I just have to like do million things at the same time and just kind of get so exhausted at the end of the day that I just have no gas in me to do anything. So that is the other one and workaholism. Uh, When I was starting PM Dojo and after my own burnout and all of that, that literally forced me to decide to step down from that role that I thought I had worked 20 years for it um and leave that fat paycheck and all of that thing that comes you know the the prestige or the all of those things right that had become my identity right like when i would go and introduce myself in panels or talks or things that was my identity hey i'm this uh not the person that i am but the role right um but when I was starting PM Dojo, and I had researched over 600 different people who were early or mid-stage in their careers, especially in the product management space, they all talked about workaholism, and it was a badge of honor. And it was this preconceived notion that you have to be a workaholic if you want to get to that career goal that we have. And over time, I have also seen countless stories, 875 or so after I had published my own article of PTSD and burnout in 2019 on LinkedIn, which was interesting, um, that 878 or so people wrote to me personally about their own burnout stories and their workaholic workaholism and everything, the other side. So it doesn't quite always end up taking you to the top um workaholism, resiliency, th- these are all like muscles that need to be built. And if you're not going to take care of ourselves, we're not going to have that muscle remaining in us to actually push through. So don't kind of burn yourself that early. It's a long game that you need to play. Uh, if you're thinking about career or life, whatever it is, uh, that these little things can't be, you know, the, the be all end all uh, of our lives, right? There are bigger things, other things surprisingly, that might come up your way. And if we are burnt out and don't have you know, the stamina or the capacity to think about it, we might not find other opportunities that might turn your whole life into a very different angle.
0: Got feedback? Message me on the Facebook page at the rate gritty serendipity and do not forget to subscribe to my podcast on your favorite iTunes, Spotify or Google podcast so you will never miss a new episode again.